Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. Going to get into the recruiting side of things a little bit here today to all of our live listeners and viewers from our Facebook uh, channel and our YouTube channel. Welcome in, everybody watching on Twitter as well. Uh, You know, there's a lot to get into. Of course, we're still in the wake. It's been less than 24 hours since Brian Harson got fired. So we're still in the wake of things, still figuring things out. Um, You know, still a lot of things happening in the, you know, just before y'all went trick-or-treating last night, you had Cadillac Williams being the interim head coach. Um, You had a couple assistants pushed out. Um, we're probably going to learn more about what the new assistant roles will be. Then as you were out trick-or-treating, John Cohen probably got hired. So this thing's going to keep rolling for the next few days. But we want to take a moment here and talk about the recruiting aspect of things. Of course, we did our show yesterday. Um, Jason and I went live. We've talked ad nauseum about, obviously, the failures on the field. Um, but in the spirit of Halloween, I wanted to bring in our recruiting reporter, Christian Clemente, and, and talk a little bit about uh, some of the horror stories that you guys have from uh from from this this staff and their and their recruiting efforts or the lack thereof um and i guess just you know get your opinion down the stretch here this show of what needs to be done to fix this here in the immediate future but before we get started christian you know we're less than 20 it's been less than 24 hours which it feels like it's been a week um but yeah. you know it, it was less than it's less than a day ago that brian harson got fired um you said you were in the middle of like picking up groceries or something like that i guess just what was your immediate just- reaction yeah, Where I mean, I was at the I was at the gas station. We had our, I mean, we still had our regularly scheduled press conference for 1.30 at that time. Yep. So I was gassing up. I was gonna go get some Chick-fil-A, go eat at that at the athletics complex before the presser, have a good old time. Um, and then quickly hightailed out of the gas station, calling and texting recruits as much as possible to get their initial reactions to the news. I mean, sometimes we're the first ones that gets the news to these kids, unfortunately. Right. Um, because I mean Yesterday, I mean, I was mostly just texting the kids because they're in school. Like, I can't, I can't call them there in class. So um, they've got stuff to do. But the initial reaction was just it, everyone kind of knew it at this point. It had to happen um, because of on the field issues, and certainly because of off the field issues with recruiting. Um, Auburn with Janoris Wilson decommitted now sits at number fifty-five. They weren't that much higher with Janoris Wilson committed. And they were not going to be able to climb too much higher with Brian Harson still as head coach at Auburn. Um, that, that's just the fact of it. 
Um, Auburn had some solid commits. Jeremiah Cobb was Jeremiah Cobb is still certainly the best and the biggest win. Now it'll be about Auburn holding on to him. Um, if Georgia ends up making a strong push, that can make things interesting. But Cadillac Williams being the interim head coach also makes things interesting there. Um, and while, you know, the initial reaction with Janoris was, oh, it's just a three-star, you know, and who cares? I, I honestly value Janoris Wilson as Auburn's second best commit. From everything that I've seen of him play, talking to other people that have seen him play, his versatility to play guard or offensive tackle, it was not a Gus Malzahn, oh, we got a guard and we're going to go put him out of tackle. It was a, he can play tackle or he can move inside and play guard type of player. Um, and Auburn needs those guys for the offensive line. So, you know, maybe the new staff, whoever that ends up being, will go after Janoris and try and bring him back in the boat, get him committed again. We'll see what happens there. Um, there's obviously a lot of question marks, but you, you had to you had to make a change for recruiting. It had to happen. And whether it was now or in a few weeks, you needed to get stuff set up. So that way, come November 27th, the day after the Iron Bowl, you can announce your new head coach to get ready for the transfer portal opening up on December 5th. Yeah, you bring up a good point. I mean, I wasn't allowed to have my phone in AP calculus. <laughs> Some of the stuff that happens on like a Monday afternoon, we're just assuming everybody learns about it. Yeah, I thought your story yesterday was so was so interesting, getting the recruits' immediate reactions. And it was like so many other things that, that have come to light here since Brian Harson's been fired and other things that we knew before he was fired. It was you know, exemplary of, of the issues they had, you know, one of the recruits I know told you like, yeah, you know, that's, I can't remember the exact quote that you said, but it, he, the exact quote said, I got from the recruit was, I was asked, that's you know, cool. what's your reaction to coach Harson being gone? He said, well, that was really one of the holdbacks insinuating holdbacks of not committing to Auburn. And he said, so that's cool. Yeah. That's rough. That's rough. But I mean, that's, you know, it's overall and, and, and a big thing too, for people to, to note about so many of these recruits and you you guys documented it as they committed after a while you had recruits coming out and saying and like i know it was a big thing with clay whedon but like you know i'm not committing to the staff i'm committing to Auburn. that was when brian harson was the head coach and so you know they're not they're not arrogant they understood what was going on and you had a lot of guys in that story yesterday saying this doesn't really i mean it was, it was one of the five stars correct russo or, or smith that said you know this doesn't really change where i'm at um, they, yeah, they had said that they had said that after the game. I didn't get a chance to talk to them yesterday, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I had yeah. some highly ranked players that just said this doesn't change things. Um, as much as I kind of hate to say this, honestly, it probably positively affects Auburn and their chances to get most of these guys, depending on who they hire. That, that that's mean, and I kind of hate to say that, and that's not to discredit the tons of work that these position coaches have put in because they have, and unfortunately for most of them, they won't be here on the new staff just because that's how things go. But recruiting can only work if the people at the top are putting in the work and the head coach and the coordinators were not putting in the necessary work to make the recruiting work. And the position coaches can only do so much. Yeah, well, I wanted to get in a little bit to some of these. Jason did a good job of putting them in his story about why it didn't work from the recruiting front, you've referenced them over time, but there's there's been some, I guess, the way it was put, or it, I think needs to be put, is just routine things that an SEC staff has to do that this staff fell well short of. Um, 
I always I always go back to the story of the official visitor. There's this summer, the summer before that, an important official visitor. Can't remember who it was off the top of my head. Probably didn't end up going to Auburn. They just they couldn't find Brian Harson on a Sunday. They they just could not find him anywhere in the complex and told the kid's family, sorry, we don't know where the head coach is. So uh, see you guys later. I think of the story of them being two hours late to pick up somebody from the Atlanta airport because they drove right past it. And and I just weren't familiar with the area. Um, I guess those are kind of basic things. But there were there was a lot of stuff, Christian, that we would hear for the better part of the last year, really the better part of the last two years that, again, I think it goes back to having a basic understanding of what it takes to recruit in the sec and what it takes to be successful on 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 the recruiting front at any program that they they fell well short of a lot of those things yeah i mean it's just small simple things that add up there were you know the head coach was not going (laughs) lee um i mean the head coach harson can choose to do what he wants and he chose to go watch his son play on friday nights that's fair but as an SEC level head coach, I don't think you can spend every Friday night watching Auburn High play, which is what he did. Um, outside of one week, Auburn High played Thursday. So he went to go watch James Smith and Quay Russo play that Friday. And then on Auburn's bye week, he did go out on the road and he watched Langston Hughes play on Friday. Um, and I don't remember what Auburn High had that week. But point being, there, there were small things in the spring. Um, when Auburn staff was going out on the road, they had planned to go to, and Jason Caldwell brought this up, they had planned to go to Central Phoenix City um, to go check out Carmelo English, Tamarian Parker, A.J. Harris, a bunch of those talented guys. And specifically with this story, it related to Tamarian Parker, the four-star edge, that Auburn was in it for a while last fall and slowly started to fall out to the point where Auburn was just completely out of the picture. And Auburn tried to get back in the picture, said, hey, we're going to come visit you. You know, we're going to come watch you practice. And they didn't show up. And that was it for him. And he was moving on completely at that point. There was no getting back in it with his recruitment. And it just felt like there was a complete lack of communication in the building just between different parties. And I don't know. It just... In house between between yeah. staff members from one between to another. staff members, you got completely conflicting messages, um, and some of those staff members are gone now. And it was just you would give credit to one guy in a story, and another guy would be upset that he didn't get credit, and he would make sure you knew about it. And that staffer is gone now, but it, that's just how it was. Um, and it, it it was just a failure at the top, man. That's that's completely how you can hammer it home. And we had talked about it during Gus Malzahn's era. If the head coach does not show up and doesn't go in-house and doesn't do his job recruiting, the position coaches cannot carry him the rest of the way there because Nick Saban and Brian Kelly and Kirby Smart and all these guys are doing that. And a position coach, no matter how good they are, whether it's you know Travis Williams was doing it during Gus's tenure, whether it's Rock Bellantoni now at Auburn, whoever it may be, they, they can't carry the load and they were being asked to carry the load and it didn't work. So, I you mean, had, you, could just, you had, you had, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying you could just go on and on with stories. I mean, you could, I can't sure. remember them all off the top of my head, but if you prompt me, you ask me what went wrong here, that there's probably a story for it. And it's unfortunate because there's a lot of really good 
I think a lot of the position coaches were really good recruiters and they still are. They'll still be working for Auburn, the ones that are still left yeah. um, until they're asked not to or until they're retained and then they'll keep working. And a lot of behind the scenes guys were really, really good for Auburn, I think. Um, a guy like Steven Ruzik, I think, deserves a ton of credit and he's still here. Yeah. I think that's a guy that could get retained because, you know, he was on the 24 7 sports 30 under 30 list, um, crediting his work and just what he's been able to do. He's been a huge part in the Atlanta area and Langston Hughes, that school specifically. I mean, you've got the director of player personnel, like carrying your recruiting in certain aspects. Like, I, I personally, I don't think that should happen, but it's also a credit to all of the work that he put in. Um, so, yeah. You know, it's it. Uh, one thing I think I've said at the beginning and wanted to, and we're not going to do this the whole time. We're almost done here, but uh, you know, it's easy to dunk on a staff once they're gone. And that's something that I, that I talked about a little bit in a couple radio hits yesterday. And that's not, that's not at all what the intention is of, but there were, we talked about this before we started, there were these insinuations that you and I and other people covering the program had to dance around um, things that we knew were happening, but this coaching staff is still in place and you don't want to, I mean, look at, look at what happened with, with, with our, with our buddy, uh, Justin Hokinson over at Auburn Live. He said he was being called in to Harson's office yesterday because of something he wrote and that Harson wasn't happy about. I mean, that was one of Brian Harson's focuses before his press conference um, on a Monday. And so, you know, but you, you, you know, you got to go around those kinds of things. Um, you can't, as unfortunate as it is, and you don't want a sunshine pump and you don't want to make the fans feel like they're not getting the truth. Sure. But you also sure. can't burn bridges with people and get yourself totally axed out from the program as well. It's a it's a fine line that you have to try and dance when things aren't going well. Uh, speaking of our 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 buddies on the Auburn beat uh, here in the comments, Justin Lee brings up the time that they did not get to the Central Phoenix City game at, at the right time um, because that's over on Eastern time. So they showed up. You said how many coaches? Well, Georgia well, was no, there. So Central Phoenix City is still on Central Time. Oh, it's still on Central. Because they're playing on. IMG. I can't recruit at all. Clearly. <laughs> because they were playing IMG Academy, it was televised. And so they moved the game time up. Usually high school games are at 7. I think they moved it up to like 5 or 5.30. Um, and so Jason Caldwell and I are driving there. And Jason's just scrolling through Twitter. Um, he's like, why are they already out on the field for warm-ups and stuff? He just sees some videos of the teams warming up and whatnot. And so we like we didn't even know, to be fair. Like we didn't know the game had gotten moved up. But every other coach besides Auburn that had been there knew because by the time we got there, Georgia, Clemson, UAB, uh, Wake Forest. I mean, there were probably 10 plus schools that were there. I mean, they were already all there by the time we got there. And Auburn's coaches weren't there until close to halftime just because they they didn't know that the game was starting early. Yeah, something else here from uh, Jordan Hill over at 24-7 covering Georgia. He said, I talked to someone this morning close to Mike Bobo and was told Bobo knew right away they were in trouble. And he said he had to drag Harson into the recruiting meetings. And that's something that, you know, we we wondered about what would be what would be fixed. There was that big story, I believe it was at the Idaho Statesman before Harson left BYU about how much he disliked recruiting. And how you mean Boise State? What did I say? BYU. BYU. You're thinking about John Hartwell right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, really? Uh, yeah. Uh, Utah State. Wow. Holy cow. We're, we're cooking. Good. We're cooking, yeah. big guy. We're rolling right now. Yeah, and you had that story about and, and we wondered. You know, he brings in Derek Mason. He brings in Mike Bubba. It's like, all right, he's got these. He's got these SEC recruiters. Um, didn't really, didn't really make much of a difference. I go back to the the one that you talked about 
um, sometimes when the, with a certain recruit locally, um, certain recruit out, out in Georgia, if you're going to count that as local, which you should if you're Auburn, where Brian Harston had informed his staff, or at least a few of his staff members, um, you know, we're really not feeling this guy right now. He's not at the top of our board at this position. Um, you know, we want to be going elsewhere with this other guy. We tell this other guy he can pull the trigger. And then the next day they, they're, they're talking about their recruiting board. And Brian Harson says to a staff member, um, you know, hey, how are we doing on this guy? And the staff member says, you, you just told us yesterday to push back, to pull back on him. Like you said, he's not at the top of our board. Or says, yeah, well, you know, we, we still need to we still need to make him feel like, you know, we still need to make him feel like we're recruiting him. It's like, well, do you want him at the top of our board or do you not? And I think that kind of goes back to what you were referencing with, you know, staff members in-house not necessarily being on the same page. I experienced the same things you did over and over again of, you know, guys, whether they were calling, whether they were texting, whether they were messaging us individually and saying, you know, I think I deserve more credit on this story or, you know, you're you're giving too much credit to the wrong guy. Um, that, you shouldn't care about credit if your program is getting credit. I, I personally don't think you should care about personal credit if your program is getting credit. But Yeah. Oh, and then you had the, and this is probably the last one, then we'll talk a little bit about what, what Auburn needs to do here moving forward and your thoughts on this class um, heading into December. Um, you had, you know, guys that were unhappy that you guys were even reporting on recruiting coverage in general. And I think that was that was sort of a, the beginning of us realizing this was last summer, by the way, this was first summer with the program and you had us being out there for visits and you had coaches that would walk by and make snide remarks to us about how, you know, we were, we were hovering over the program and that, you know, the interviews were annoying, um, that kind of thing. Coaches just saying this right to our faces, right in front of recruits, kind of rolling their eyes whenever we would walk up. And these are, these are four star recruits. Um, they, they bring five star recruits from Montgomery on campus these are guys that and you know the fan base loved that there was that period with the recruiting finger and everything there was that period with fan base was like yeah getting all these guys on campus they had a few commits rolling um that's because of exposure that's because of sec exposure that's what you come to the sec to do and most staffs understand that but there was so much pushback on that on on basic recruiting coverage that started last summer and that was kind of i think the first signs you know you had you had guys working with you you had recruiting people with you um that were that we're kind of, you know, making a decision to say, okay, well, if you, if, if you guys don't want us to do this and you guys are upset that we're even doing it, then we're, then we're not going to put out our stories, that kind of thing. And so um, it, it reached that point in the first summer uh, that, that they were being upset that these kids who, these kids love being on visits. They love us. Or they, not they love us. They love being on visits. They love that whole aspect of things. They love get, you know getting an interview and saying, you know, Obviously, it's always glowing things. Everyone's always yeah, going to they, like, they like to see their name. They like to see a story yeah. on Twitter. They like that. It, all we are is PR. Yeah. Auburn. PR. The numbers go school, up. The likes go up. Yes. School can you schools can use 24-7, all these different outlets as PR. If you're after a certain recruit, hey, you can, you know, it's, it's PR. And yeah. Auburn staff did not understand that when they first arrived last summer. And one other story from last summer, if we're going back that far, um, you know, the the joke on the message boards were kind of Coach Haskins, Coach Harrison, whatever. That started in June last summer because yeah. of recruiting, because the recruits didn't know who Brian Harson was. We would interview them afterwards. Hey, hey, what'd you think of getting to meet Coach Harson? What, what was your impression of him? And they'd be like, yeah, I thought Coach Harrison or Coach uh, Haskin, you know, that they didn't know his name 
and by that point he had been on the job for six months. Now it was a, it was COVID and it was, you know, coaches couldn't go out on the road, but if I remember correctly, coaches could be making calls, they could be doing all that stuff. And apparently that wasn't the case because they didn't even know his name. And even a kid that literally just officially visited this weekend, Colton hood, the Michigan state commit an Auburn legacy who has had four of his family members previously go to Auburn. And he's one of Auburn's top defensive back targets. His quote afterwards was, yeah, I haven't really gotten to know Coach Harson at all. So this weekend was really good just to get to meet him and get to know him. If you're hosting him on an official visit and you've been recruiting him, he got offered in August and it's November 1st now. How is a kid saying he doesn't know Coach Harson at all? It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Uh, and then the one that popped up and this is, uh, I keep saying the last one, people don't want to drone all on this. You know, this is the, the, they've obviously, Auburn has obviously moved on. We're going to talk about what they're going to do moving forward. But um, you know, Camden Brown made a great Camden, Camden Brown had a great game on, uh, on Saturday. People need to remember that they, this is the person that canceled his official visit. And as you mentioned to me yesterday, had to fly all the way down to Florida to apologize because they wanted him that badly because Georgia started encroaching on him. You know, he, he was a pit commitment, um, but other, other programs started, started peeping up. He's, he's now moving forward, going to be one of your best guys in the passing game. And, uh, and they almost lost him because they, <laughs> because they, yeah. they had, they canceled his official visit, had yes. to fly all the way down there. To well, they did lose him because in June he, he came for a camp, one camp MVP. Um, I mean, he was a pretty underrated guy. He was a low three-star, not a ton of interest necessarily. It's kind of easy to get buried when you're at St. Thomas Aquinas because there's so much talent there. Um, and so he he comes, he has a great visit, and he says, you know, I'm going to take an official visit at the end of the month. And then a few weeks later, his official visit is canceled by Auburn, not by him, and he's upset about it. He ends up committing to Pitt later on, um, and then Auburn ends up circling back eventually. Um, and like you said, they had to fly down and personally apologize to him um, because – they, I, I don't know the full story. I don't think necessarily we ever will, but yeah, that, that was just an issue that, that happened last summer. And those issues were, I mean, constantly popping up. Look, you can just look at another guy from last class and I don't even have to go in depth on it. Quinshawn Judkins at Ole Miss Pike road running back. He would have loved to have been at Auburn and he's at Ole Miss. He would have crawled here. Yep. Yes. And he might be the freshman of the year, not in the sec of the, in the country. Yeah. And so Christian, now, as we look, you know, this is, we're very early in this process in terms of looking at coaching candidates. It's all, we're, we're making educated guesses because this has been something that 
has been known that it's going to happen for a long time. And so, you know, we can we can hear and understand, um, you know, who these candidates might be. But one candidate in particular, a story that you have up on the site from this morning, and this is not at all, you know, an endorsement by us of this candidate, but it's something and I think it needs to be made clear. This was not something you prompted to these kids, but it's something that you're going to hear the longer that Deion Sanders is not at a power program. You're going to hear it from places other than Auburn of these kids saying, wow, I've heard that they're looking at Dion because they, they, they obviously they're, they're aware of stuff online. They see the same stuff we do, you know, that, wow, I, I heard Auburn is looking at Dion and they had some pretty, you had multiple recruits tell you um, how big of an impact that would be. And, and I thought, you know, that, that would, that would be a good place to start for us as we, as we talk about what they could do in recruiting moving forward. It, it's no shocker. It should be no surprise at all. That if Auburn were to get Deion Sanders, I'm not you know not even sure if he's if he will end up being a candidate they will go after. Again, we are so early. I think I think they will. I think they're going to give him the time of day. But we're so early in this thing. But several recruits, again, unprompted. You did not bring this up. Told you yesterday how how huge it would be if Auburn gets Deion. Yeah, I mean it was kind of myself and Philip Dukes and Jason. You know, we're just talking to different guys yesterday, um, getting their reactions and just some other different stuff and. You know, unprompted, they say, oh, you know, Auburn should go get Deion Sanders. If Auburn gets Deion Sanders, I'd flip. And, you know, obviously we're going to keep them anonymous and even some other recruits that aren't committed elsewhere um, said the same thing. Not that they would flip, but just that, you know, they'd have a lot of interest and in that it would it would really change things for them if Auburn got Deion Sanders. And I think when you do look at different candidates and when you look at Deion Sanders, obviously that's the one thing that is number one by a landslide. You know that Deion Sanders is going to go and get you the Jimmys and Joes. You don't know about the X's and O's, though. But Auburn is in a spot now where you know you need to go and get the Jimmys and Joes because Auburn doesn't have them. Uh, the recruiting over the past, not even not even Brian Harson's tenure, even dating to the last few years of Gus Malzahn's tenure, the recruiting was taking a downward spiral, and now you're seeing the effects of that. You you can see it along the offensive line this year and certainly next year. So uh, it was definitely very interesting, um, but it, it's not that surprising. I mean, Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, he has such a massive, massive brand that, and, and you know, some people were asking on the board, they were saying, well, you know, it's interesting. They said Dion and not Lane. And I think Lane Kiffin has a huge brand as well, but nothing can compare in college football to Deion Sanders' brand. And, and I if mean, you were to bring up Lane to them. It, yes. If I prompted them with Lane, they, you know, they would probably say that's interesting. That could, that could change things. I might consider a flip or I might flip, you know, but just unprompted, the first big name that comes to mind for these recruits is Deion Sanders. And as you've mentioned a couple times all over the all over the board, we've been talking about the recruiting aspect of things. That's been number one. That's what I keep telling people. People say, you know, whether it's radio interviews, whatever, what's the number one thing Auburn needs to look for in its new head coach? And there's a lot of things. There's a lot of boxes that needs to be checked. Um, but recruiting cannot afford another couple years like they've had recently. And no. and from your perspective, Christian, you know, from what you've been talking about the past couple of days, um, and I thought it was funny. You know, you see stories like like one this morning that, um, you know, this bit this really benefits Alabama. This really benefits uh, the Georgias and the and the LSU's of the world. I it it can't get much worse with whoever they go with next. So I I don't think that's accurate. I don't I think whatever hire Auburn makes and you referenced the December signing period. You referenced we've talked many times about how important it is to have somebody in place at the end of the regular season. December fifth 
that transfer portal is going to be huge for this next team. And so regardless who they get, Kiffin would obviously, recruiting would be great. Um, Deion Sanders, recruiting would be great. But really, Christian, un- un- unless it is another off-the-wall guy from halfway across the country, um, there is going to be a better understanding, I think, with this next coaching hire. There absolutely has to be. I think that that's paramount. I think that is the number one thing that they have to go into this. Jason Caldwell said it yesterday. He said recruiting and relationships, the two R's. That are the, that, that, those are the two things that they need to be looking for. That's, that's one and one A in this next head coach because those are two things Brian Harson and his, his top staff just had no understanding of. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, the, the idea that Auburn firing Brian Harson benefits other programs in recruiting is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. Maybe it benefits a school like Georgia, who's going after Jeremiah Cobb. And if they choose to fully push for him, they can get him. But outside of that, I mean, it, it doesn't benefit any other school. It hurts them because I think they would have been perfectly happy to see Brian Harson continue his tenure at Auburn for the foreseeable future because they can see what's happening in recruiting. Um, and it's pretty obvious. I mean, Auburn right now is number 55 in the 24 seven sports composite rankings that, that, that can't happen. That just absolutely cannot happen. I mean, you need to be signing at minimum top 15 classes to be competing in the sec and Auburn's at 55. They're dead last in the sec. Now, actually, now that I look at it, they're behind Missouri and Vanderbilt. Um, so whoever this new coach is, is going to have a rather large hole to dig out of. And a lot of it is going to come from the transfer portal. You can, you can only do so much immediately through the high school ranks to try and improve things. And look, you've got to bring in some guys to develop and guys to have for the future. And ideally, you know, whoever the coach is, it's, it's going to be a tough ask for that December signing period. Ideally what you're hoping with that coach is they're able to convince these guys, Hey, don't sign in December. Don't enroll early. Please just give us time and wait until February. Just wait until February. Give us a little bit more time. Um, and then, you know, at, at, in the meantime, you're going to have to be hitting the transfer portal really hard. Um, so we'll see. I think no matter who you get, I do not think it could get worse in recruiting. Yeah, retention is a big part of that. So, you know, you're going to have more guys enter the portal. We saw Xavier Capers. Um, talking about the top talent that is left under Brian Harson. Now this is the first top talent to leave after him. Xavier Capers hasn't done a ton on the field since he got to Auburn, but he's still these are the guys that can't you know if you if you're Auburn and you try to boast about your recruiting rankings, well, you know, what happens when those guys leave? And you, you look at the 2021 class, more than half of that left. I mean, I believe 10 of 18 guys are gone from that class. The only the only full class under Harson that is left is is the 2022 one. And obviously you you can make a big argument that that's his only full class, the transition classes are always difficult, but that, that just that speaks to this next head coach is going to have a lot of holes to plug. Um, but at the same time, Christian, guys like Landon King, guys like Chick Dawson, who could help your team next season, I think they're going to I think they're going to give this team a look. I think they're going to give this new head coach a look, um, even if they're in the portal at the beginning of December. Again, if Auburn is snappy with this thing and, and get somebody in place at the end of the regular season. Once, once that's wrapped up, assuming whomever they go after is a current college coach, um, you're going to have an opportunity, I think to get Landon and chick are the biggest examples, but um, you're going to have an opportunity to get, to get those guys back. And I, I think 
that's pretty widely accepted right now. We've reported it that those guys are gonna are gonna give the coaching staff a look again. And so um retention, like you mentioned, transfer portal. We know Lane Kiffin would be great at that. He's you know, people call him the, the transfer portal king or whatever they call him in <laughs> Oxford. But uh, you know, it's it's not just it's not just uh it's not just recruiting anymore. It's it's the transfer portal, it's also NIL. You know, a lot of people have been bringing up and not to pile on, but that's another thing we didn't even mention that Brian Harson didn't care much about um, is NIL. I mean, it was pretty obvious from the first year when it, it got brought up and it really became a thing. And he said, you know, but we need to make sure we focus on um, focus on doing what you do as a football player. And that's getting a good education and and being a good teammate. Of course, I'm not saying you should not be a good teammate. I'm not saying to not get an education. But when you look at everybody else in this footprint and you look at the, the big head coaches across the country that are pushing and pushing for a big NIL um, boost at their programs, and then you have Auburn on the other side, um, I think it's I think it's pretty telling in that regard. But obviously, you know, their collective has done a good job over the past eight months or so on to victory. Um, the number being thrown around is about you know, 13 million. And so I think, you know, we've talked about it before set up for success with the new, you have a new football facility that they will break in. You have NIL set up in a, not, you don't just have a foundation. You have a great foundation already built up. So you've got that, you've got the football facility. Look, everyone knows that it's going to be a tough, tough ask to build up this team immediately. Um, For next year, I think you've just got to stress patience there. People need to understand it's going to take patience, but You've got you've got Auburn in a great spot to be able to set up this new coach for success. And honestly, Auburn is the premier program out there right now looking for a new head coach. Um, Nebraska would maybe be the only other school even relatively in the same stratosphere as Auburn, but they're not. It, it's Auburn. Auburn is the biggest school. They're not competing with LSU. They're not competing with USC. They're not competing with Florida for a coach. Auburn will essentially have the pick of the litter for the coach that they want and they'll be able to provide them a new football facility and a very strong NIL foundation to get them rolling. Yeah. And a lot of the language yesterday and a new athletic director and a brand new president. Um, yeah. you know, a lot of the language yesterday from, from John Cohen and from Christopher Roberts and from some of the other Auburn head coaches, I think it's very clear moving forward. Let's, let's move past what Auburn has been known as and some of the, issues that extend even into the the latter stages of the Gus Malzahn era. Um, that is the hope. That is the hope right now that they're, they're moving forward with, um, you know, new leadership at the top. And obviously the, the foremost among those is your president, your athletic director and your head football coach. So the last of those, we'll, we'll see what happens. Of course, um, you're gonna have to wait and see. Everybody's gonna have to chill for a little bit because this is something that will probably extend through the rest of the season. I mean, you could bring in somebody like Matt rule right now, but it's pretty much the only guy that you're, uh, that you're not going to have to wait until the end of the season for. So that'll do it for us today. This recruiting episode, this was easily shows, uh, shows how frustrated you guys are. This is easily our most watched video ever. We have 433 viewers right now between <laughs> Facebook and uh, between Facebook and YouTube. And so appreciate everybody for tuning into the, uh, the live streams. And if you guys listen to this on your podcast feed, um, appreciate everybody tuning in as well. I'll plug it one last time. If you guys, all that, a lot of the stuff we talked about today, has been on our site. It's, it's Christian stories, all the stuff we talked about, little nuggets here and there. If you guys want to join, 75% is it less than less than $30 a year? Less than $30. I think it's 26 something. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all 
pull the pull pull the trigger on that because uh, that's pretty nice. We'd love to have you there. Um, it's been pretty wild over the past. I've I've enjoyed just cruising the board <laughs> that day. Um, people are optimistic though. I mean, this is this is the most optimistic I've seen people in a in a while. So um, Look, do yeah, that by the end of the day. For the first time ever. So yeah, we yeah, that's what you've talked about. Is from the top down. Everybody everybody was pretty unified on this. And so uh, go check that out, guys. It's on the front page of our site if you guys want to go check that out. Seventy five percent off. Um, after today, it's still a good deal, but it comes down to sixty percent. So. Uh, Act now, as they say. Um, so go uh, go check that out. We would really appreciate that. Um, if you guys enjoyed this show, go leave us a five-star review. That is the number one thing that helps us out. You can do it on Apple, Spotify, wherever you guys listen to your podcasts. The bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. Until the next episode, we'll catch you guys later. Everybody enjoy the rest of your week. Talk to you all soon.